Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the story behind every book. Joining me today is Amy Croft, and Amy is here to talk about her autobiography, A Longing for Justice in a Patriarchal Society. Amy, welcome. Thank you, Suzanne. It's lovely to be here. You know, it's my pleasure to have you as my guest, and writing a book is no easy task in itself, but writing a book and being courageous and brave enough to write a book about your life, I find absolutely amazing. Why did you decide to share your life story in a book? Okay, well, uh, my life story is deeply personal, but it resonates with a lot of other women's experiences that I have been through myself. And when I was writing, I thought uh, I was just really sick of the ho- of hearing uh, of all the things that were happening to women and children in our society. Um, with misogynistic males having such control and domination over them. And some of these people were really suffering. And as I'd suffered too, I had a few things to say about it. And I thought, well, if I don't say it now, when am I ever going to say it? So the words just started flowing out on the page and and that was the beginning of it. The 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 thing that really, really started it all off was the murder of a woman and her three children by her partner who burned them to death in a car. Oh. Uh, near, yeah, near where I was brought up as, as a child. And that was just the absolute last straw for me. I thought, this has got to stop. This is crazy what's going on. And that was what compelled me to start writing. Wow. An event like that is a seminal event in someone else's life, and yet it, it resonated hard enough and strong enough with you that it pushed you forward with you bo- your book. I think that's amazing. Let's give our listeners an overview of what your book is about. Okay. Well, the book is about my childhood, my early adult, or my teen years, my early adult years, right through to the present day. And it's only a small book, so I had to condense a fair amount into that. But uh, I went through a series of experiences. It was just like one experience after another. And it just kept coming and coming. And I thought... This is really hard stuff, you know, for a young person to deal with it. And most of it was to do with the patriarchal society and how it impacts on mainly women and children, but it impacts on men too. And uh, I just wanted to get all that down. I wanted to tell my story. There's a lot of women telling their stories now. And I thought, well, I just feel like I have the permission to tell my story And so that's what I did. I thought, what the heck, get it out there. Uh, Other people will resonate with it. As you were writing the book, and as you thought back on these experiences that happened to you, did you learn anything different about yourself? Was there a new awakening, or did something new happen for you as you looked back on these, these things that happened to you in the past? 
Yes, Suzanne, it sure did. I realised that uh, because I hadn't had much guidance, you know, through my, my childhood, my parents were very elderly when I was born and, uh, you know, they were not well either. So I was basically left to my own devices trying to bring myself up in some way. So I, I, um, I felt... Just ask me that question again. Sorry, I'm just getting off the track a bit there. It's okay. I was just wondering if, you know, sometimes when you're looking back uh, at yes, events, yes. Yeah, yes. you see them uh, differently. I realized yeah. out of that, you know, um, the thing of having no guidance, I didn't get any um, skills like discernment or awareness or insight about how the world might be out there. And so I plopped out into that at the age of 17, you know, and I had no idea uh, how to operate at all. I was just a very vulnerable young person, and I guess I was just open to every opportunist that came along, basically. And so a series of things happened out of that. That was because I had no discernment and that was something that really hit me as I started writing the book because I thought I must I must speak about this was it hard was it hard to look back was it hard to think about those experiences oh yeah look I I just went through the whole gamut of guilt I felt stupid I thought you've really made a mess of everything and then I realized, look, it wasn't just me. There were other people involved, uh, you know, and other people took advantage of me. And uh, and to be truthful, I probably did the same thing with other people too. It was just a whole trick-or-treat learning about how to live a life. And I didn't do it very well. But you feel like things have worked out because I know that one of the bottom line messages is that there are new beginnings. And even though if you're currently involved in a situation that you know is not a good situation and you feel yourself being dragged around in life like you were, that there is something at the end of the tunnel. That light at the end of the tunnel doesn't necessarily have to be that oncoming train. It could be something very positive. Mm. Well, you know, after I'd been through all the stuff that I could, you know, I could go through, and by the time I was 26, uh, mum and dad had died and I was out in the world truly on my own because I had no siblings. I thought to myself, well, what the heck am I going to do with my life? Am I going to lay down and die or am I going to do something constructive? So what I did was I, I started to study and... Uh, and I eventually attained a degree from university and I went into the field of social services. So when I stepped into that arena, I thought, well, you know, there's a lot going on here. Women and children were being absolutely abused and misused. And, you know, I'd had a taste of that myself. So I thought, okay, this is the arena that I need to be in. And that was the thing that saved me, I think, because by helping other people, I was also helping myself. And you're continuing to do that by telling your story and by sharing the events in your own life with people. I think that that's a really important thing. I think it's so courageous 
for you to do this and so inspiring, Amy. Yes, it took a bit of courage because I thought, well, who are you to to tell this story? You know, like uh, so many other people are much worse off than you are and so many people are dealing with so many things, which I'd seen because I was working in that arena for so many years. Um, but I thought, well, it's a story. It's a woman's story. And, and there's a lot of stuff in it where... Uh, it wasn't just me who failed or fell, you know, fell. It was, it was people around me, you know, as well. So um, humanity's got a few lessons to learn about how to uh, to be treating others a little bit better than they are. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. When you were writing. Did you have somebody in mind that you thought about reading the book? Yeah, I, I, I was writing for other women, other vulnerable women. I thought if I get my story on the page and some of them resonate with that, there would always be differences, but there would be similarities of what happened in every era because my book spans a few eras, you know, like decades. So in every era, my book would resonate with women no matter what age they are because obviously I'm an older woman now and I'm in the last phase of my life's journey. And I thought, well, if I'm not going to to get a message to women, I must do it now, you know, before I pop off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> not that I'm going to any, any moment soon, I hope. But, but I thought, look, if I'm going to do it, I need to do it. You know, not just sit there and do nothing. I needed to get a message to women. And I needed to get a message to men too because they've been marginalised and tainted by misogynistic, uh, toxic masculinity. You know, they don't, their reputations are being tainted by this particular mindset. And I want people to realise that, that, that good men, you know, uh, um, uh, need to stand up and say, come on, guys, this is no way to treat women and children or vulnerable people in the 21st century. You know, we need to get a grip on this. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking about you, and I'm thinking about who you're writing the book for, and I, something occurred to me. I, I, I know that people who are listening to us may think, okay, I could never write a book. Well, many counselors talk about writing your own book, but writing a journal. Maybe it's only for you, but they they yes. say that just putting down those thoughts, those emotions, those feelings, those events, writing it down can just be helpful. Do you agree well, with that? I tell you, it's a huge relief to get it out. Catharsis? It's like getting the monkey off your back. It it changes things, doesn't it? Oh, enormously, enormously. You feel like you've been given permission to speak because the Me Too movement, you know, I was just sick of seeing all these children dying at the hands of their fathers. I mean, Hannah and her children were the last of a long line. And I thought, 
oh, I'm just so sick of this 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 male entitlement to think they can do this stuff, you know? So it was like, ah, oh, uh, yeah, I've got permission. I, I give myself permission to speak out. You know, we've been talking about the book. I know that there's a part of it that you would like to share with the listeners. Would you like to do that now, Amy? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I have a, an excerpt from a chapter called In- Intimacy Versus Isolation when I was 17 years old. And in there, I've got this piece. When I was totally outside of my parents' jurisdiction, I was truly on my own, really adrift in an ocean of ignorance and unawareness. Sounds awful, doesn't it? It was. I'm not blaming myself totally for all the decisions I made at this time in my life because, of course, others were obviously involved. But because I did not have the attributes of maturity, insight and awareness to navigate uncharted waters, I entered into a life over which I did not have complete control and where I, being in their domain, was at the mercy of the status quo. Neon alert. I am at my most vulnerable. Wow. I know that our listeners are saying to themselves, where can I get a copy of the book? So I'm going to tell them. You can go to Amazon. Now, let me give you the title and let me do some spelling so that you know exactly how to find it. If you've never been to Amazon, just go to the Amazon website. There's a big search box. It's sort of a long gray box, light gray box. The title of Amy's book is A Longing for Justice in a Patriarchal, let me spell that word for you, P-A-T-R-I-A. C-H-A-L, Patriarchal Society, by Amy, A-M-Y, Croft, C-R-O-F-T. If you just put A Longing for Justice by Amy Croft in the search feature and click on it, the book comes up. If you've never been to Amazon and looked at a book, this one is an important one, and I suggest you do that. And in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see two little words. Look inside. If you'll click on those two little words, just put your cursor on there and click on it. The book will electronically open, and you'll be able to read an excerpt right there of Amy's writing and of Amy's book. You can also buy it right there on the same page. Now, Amy, I know that Amazon is the biggest bookseller in the world, and many people who listen would rather not buy something from the biggest bookseller in the world. They'd rather give their business to somebody who's a little smaller. So is there somewhere else that we could direct them that they could also find a copy of the book? Sure. There's another site called Barnes & Noble. And also I have a website, and that is under authoramycroft.com or just amycroft.com. On that website, there's um, information about content, about contacting Balboa Press for the book because that's another way of doing it. And on that, there is an excerpt of the book. There is also a place where people can email and put comments. Uh, yes, yeah. and I'm 
I'm not on Facebook, but I intend to get onto some site in the near future. So attention, attention, pay attention in the future. Look for Amy Croft. She'll be there in the future. Yeah. Good. Now, I know that you're working on a brand new project, and yes. I, I think I, I know that our listeners would find that interesting. Tell me what's next for you. Okay, well, I'm uh, preparing a man- manuscript of a book uh, to follow on from my memoir, which is called Enough is Enough, What Needs to be Said. Uh, and that follows on um, to talk about, you know, the impact of patriarchy on women's lives from the 50s right through to the present day. Um, it, it's uh, a story that uh, I want to give a impression of the fact that there is a collective uh, consciousness arising because I can see it out there. I can see the tide has turned. And so I want to make sure that women get a lot of information about life with patriarchy in the future because I want to turn this all around. Uh, that's about the best way I can describe it. <laughs> I think it sounds uh, at this moment. I think it sounds wonderful, and I know you're doing research, and I know that you have seen this book as something that people would use as a reference manual, perhaps in yes. the future. Yes. Yes, thank you. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes. I always like to give an author the opportunity to have the last word about their work, especially when the work is as personal and as brave and as courageous as yours is. When our listeners become readers and they pick up a copy of A Longing for Justice and they sit down and they read it, and they finish the last page and they close the back cover of the book either electronically or physically. Amy, what do you want that reader, that specific person, to take away from the book? What's the big the big takeaway? Okay, the big the big message is is pretty short for me. I believe that fighting for justice is better than longing for it really. That's what came out of the book for me, that many of us don't have to get up there and, you know, fight in out on the streets or whatever or write books. But there's so many other ways that women can make changes in their lives. And one of those ways is to learn to say no uh, more and to be more discerning about what's around them and who is around them. So I could just leave you with that. Fighting for justice is better than longing for it. I love that. That's a perfect tagline. Thank you so very much for being my guest today on Books on Air. It's just such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story and for being so brave and so courageous, Amy. Thank you, Suzanne, for giving me the opportunity to do that. Remember, you can find a longing for justice in a Patriarchal Society by Amy Croft on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. 
I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll join me next time for our Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.